So who is Micah? So to understand the verse in Micah 6.8, you have to understand that Micah is a prophet of God. Micah is a prophet that speaks to Judah in the Old Testament, right before they're carried off by the um, kingdom of Babylon into the exile. And Micah is looking at his nation, namely Judah, even though he speaks to Israel as well, and he sees injustice after injustice perpetrated by the elites in society, the rulers in society, and the religious classes in society. And not only are they in power, but they are oppressing and making lives miserable for those below them. And it's because of their unjust and wicked decisions that um, judgment is coming to call his people back. But not only that, Micah does speak to them, but he also speaks to all of Judah, because there are those who, it does not matter where you are on the social status of Judah, you are doing or engaging in some sort of wickedness, typically. He's speaking to the whole of the nation, not just the elite, even though he is mainly addressing the elite, because they have the power. And if you have power, you can do more damage. So that's who Micah is. Now, what's the role of the prophet? We talked about this last week. The prophet reminds us of the covenants that God has made with his people. That's the role of the prophet. Every prophet in the Old Testament points back to two, several covenants made with God's people. First, mainly to the law of Moses, saying, we've given you the law. You know how to live rightly. You're not doing it. Repent and turn back to your God. So it's this, if you do not turn, judgment will come. But it's also married every time with this, even though you are breaking covenant with me, the covenant I made with Abraham and the covenant I made with Adam guarantees the redemption of my people in the form of a Messiah that is yet to come. So that's all the prophets. That's why you hear them, what seems like, repeat themselves over and over and over and over and over again, because it's the same message. Israel falls into sin. A prophet comes, says, do not sin no longer. You've broken covenant with God. They choose not to listen. They fall into judgment. God restores them and reminds them of the coming Messiah who will ultimately fully restore them into covenant with the God that they serve. So that is the role of the prophets. And last week we looked at what is goodness because that was the question that Mike is dealing with. How do we live good lives? Good, good lives. And we're going to begin to flesh that out today as we look at the biblical concept of justice, which is going to be the name of your, your child, right? We decided that outside. Yes, justice. So this is where you talk. What words come to mind when you think of the word justice? So this is where you talk. What words come to mind when you think of the word justice? I know it's weird for you to answer, answer questions while I'm up here, because as a Presbyterian white church, you're not used to calling back from the audience. And that's okay. That's okay. Just pretend to not be Presbyterians for the next 10 minutes. And um, you'll be less reformed, but you might be happier, okay? Um, so <laughs> what is, they're dancing at their, their congregate, we don't, we don't, okay? Um, 
So give me a word you think of when you think of justice. What other words come to mind? Peace. Hey, justice, peace. Fairness. Okay. Keep going. Wordplay Sunday. What type of people come to mind when you think of the word justice? A judge. That's clever. Same real word. Jury. In theory, yeah. Justice, judge, jury. Judgment. Which is a mint you get after you meet with a judge. A judgment. Okay, you're thinking. You're thinking. Good. Um, the Hebrew word for justice is mishpat. Can everyone say mishpat? I'm not going to lie. Um, I thought when I looked up the Hebrew word for justice, it would be much more strong instead of what sounds like a name you would give a pet or a fun curse word. Um, but that's what we get. We get mishpat, um, which doesn't feel like justice when I say it. Um, but this is a really common word in the Old Testament. Um, in the Old Testament, it's used 418 times. So that's a lot. Um, it has different synonyms that are translated depending on the context. Those synonyms are judgment, rules, just. Those are synonyms that are used with it. Um, now, those are words associated with it. In the Old Testament, what do you think is the most common word that is linked to justice? What do you think is the most common word that goes along with justice in the text? This is both in the Old and New Testament, by the way. Okay, judged. It's not the most common, but good. It is in the top ten. It's good. Justice and blank. Justice as Y'all need to read your Bibles. Um, I'm kidding, but you do. Um, so justice and righteousness linked together all the time. And the other one, and you're going to be like, this is the Sunday school answer, justice and God are linked together all the time. Um, so righteousness means this, being right, doing good, doing right. We are called to live righteous lives. Lives in communion with God and with others. The stress with the word righteousness, and this is key, the stress with the word righteousness is not, I'm right and you're wrong. It's right in relationship with others. That's the stress over and over again with the word righteousness. Which makes sense when it comes to the second word being God. Why? God is judge of the earth, right? And he judges the earth when we don't live righteously. See how the link goes together. So let's talk about who God is. If you've been listening or have listened to the quarantine podcast, we're covering the aspect of God's love right now. And one of the things that you need to realize when we talk about who God is and when we talk about his justice is that you have to understand the being of God. God is what we call a simple God. He's a simple God. Now that doesn't mean he's like simple like a spoon, right? but simple in the philosophical sense that he is not composed of many parts. 
When we talk about the attributes of God, we aren't talking about a buffet. Okay, we're not talking about a buffet. We're, we are composite beings. We are made up of soul and body. Okay, God is not. He's simple. So his love does not exist independently of his justice, but it commingles. Nor does his justice exist independently of his wrath, but it commingles. And likewise, his love does not exist independently of his wrath, but it commingles, because God is a simple God. So when we talk about these qualities of God in the next couple of weeks, to do justly, justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly, you need to remember that all of those reflect God at the same time. So while we are talking about different aspects of who God is, he is not a buffet. We cannot pick and choose, oh, I like the love of God, and I like the righteousness of God. Can we put the wrath of God in the trunk of my car and have it stolen by somebody, right? We can't do that. All those things interact, and we have to realize that they're going to intermingle. And when you get to your questions tonight in transformation group time, I want you to remember that concept because it's going to help you understand how do we do good because all those things play together. And now if that's God, he's simple, what does that make us? Well, we are image bearers. We are Imago Dei. And the reason that's important is because we're Imago Dei, and that means we reflect God. That is our function. That's what makes us different than what you're going to see, a panda, a badger, or a praying mantis. We're different. We're set apart. And the reason we're set apart is to reflect God to a world and to bring justice the way that it should reflect him. But how do we do that? Why do we do that? So we're going to watch a short video, and hopefully it gets you thinking.